0: Yeah. I'm here. No, you yeah. <laughs> have <laughs> I know you can do better than that. <laughs> can you hear me? I know you can do better than that. Hello, everyone. I am Mo civil, and this is The More Civil Podcast. everyone welcome to the more civil podcast a podcast about culture cultural nomads designed for blacks and asians and those who love them i'm your host More civil nigerian born u.s educated korean speaking struggling intellectual today i have a friend of mine and lives here in oklahoma city she's actually right here in front of me i always love when i have guests in person because it feels more relatable and we can get to have tea which she's having right now, the wild, sweet, orange variety. Um, This special friend of mine, we met three, mutual friends. So one of the things that I think really helps me settling down in Oklahoma, having lived in Texas for six years, was when I moved here, I had friends tell me, you need to contact so-and-so because he can help you with so-and-so. And And this person turned turned out to be one of those people. And best believe it, we went around maybe six months before we finally got to meet each other. Maybe even longer than that.
1: I think it was
0: longer. Longer than that, exactly. And we were like... I'm sure there was a part of her that thought, is this person real? And um, there's a part of me that thought, is she real? Because every week I was either out of, you know, the States or out of the country, you know, or traveling. We or they were on vacation somewhere. and But we never met. And then we, we found out that um, her neighbor was actually my co-worker. And it's like, oh, so you're a real person. And I'm like, yes, I'm real. Now, um, everyone, it's with great pleasure to invite Emily herself and she's such a dynamic person she every time we meet we there's always something to laugh about we just spend almost every moment laughing and i will not be surprised that this episode be full of laughs and you know it's one of those people that you see you connect with usually when people recommend friends to me like oh you will get along with this person to me i feel like i'm being put on a spot to automatically like that person but with emily it turned out to be true so hi emily welcome to the show thank you <laughs> how you feeling today I'm <laughs>
1: huh? pretty
0: good good so um, Emily um, so one thing about Emily that is really unique to her is she's Jewish Ish. Jewish-ish <laughs> <laughs> and um, the first time we got talking I I, I kind of knew this, this about her because of, by virtue of the person that introduced me to her so she's Jewish but she really loves the Indian culture loves the Indian culture so much so that sometime in college or right after college you visited India right? I went to
1: India the first time when I was 15 or 16. Wow. Yeah, so before, before college, I think I had gone two or three times before college.
0: Two or three times? Yeah. Okay, now let's, let's backpedal <laughs> a little bit. What's you love for India and why?
1: It all, kind of a silly story, like it all started with uh, Christopher Columbus. So we were sitting in elementary school, speaking of schools. And they're telling about how America was founded and how Christopher Columbus wanted to go to India. And then he accidentally discovered America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it really I no, no it's fine. just fine. It's natural. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he accidentally discovered America. And then that's why they called the Native Americans as Indians because mm. they were trying to go to India. So I don't remember anything else in the class after that except going, I need to go to India. Like he met, he missed it, and I'm gonna you know fix this problem. <laughs> Christopher Columbus.
0: I know, right? Like, um, I was supposed to turn in that assignment, but here's this other one. Let's just call it that assignment. So you know, what kind of even Steven?
1: So that, and then I have my pediatrician was an Indian okay. doctor. So I was like, after that, I became a little obsessed and we just ask her questions all the time. Like, you're from India? What's it like there? What do you eat? I mean, just everything I could think of. So it kind of was a big fascination for me.
0: And you were underage when you went to India the first time. Yeah. So how were you able to convince your parents to send you halfway around the world?
1: <laughs> a lot of prayer.
0: Really? Yeah. On that what um, mission was that? Was it for a personal trip? Or you went with a group of people? Yeah,
1: at that time I was going with a, on a mission trip. With oh, I see. A group of people. Okay. So I just kind of kept trying to convince my mother that she should let me go. She was not really excited about it. Yeah. And then
0: But you understand why. You were 16. Yeah, 10. now
1: that I have kids. <laughs>
0: hmm. <laughs> I How old is your second burn? Like in years time, she should be telling you, mom, I want to go to South Korea you know, I mean, or, like, or Syria or somewhere around the world.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not.
0: Double standards, watch.
1: No, actually, it was kind of funny because she, um I think it was when I was 14 is when I gave my life to Christ. And then after that. I, was, I realized, I'm like, We. I went for some youth conference showing on a map of the world, like, all the places that heard, haven't heard about Jesus. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, India was just, like, right there. And I'm like, it all makes sense now. I'm going to India.
0: Was India right there, or India was the only thing you saw right there? Probably India was
1: only <laughs> the only thing on the map that I saw. Oh, yeah. I was like, I love India. India doesn't know much about Jesus. Yeah. There you go. A plus B equals go, so went home and I told my mom, yeah, I went to this thing and they have mission trips around the world and I think I need to go to India, and Mm -hmm. she said, no. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going. Then I tried all kinds of different routes, so finally I just quit begging and started praying. We had, um, it's kind of funny, like we had a relative, my mom's mother, Mm -hmm. biological mother, Mm -hmm. um, had passed away when my mom was young in Kentucky and there was some family property. And then finally what happened was, I had this dream where I saw a check and there was some thousands of dollars amount and then there was hundreds, but the thousands was kind of bl- blurry, Yeah. but the hundreds was there. From the dream, I understood that somebody in our family is going to get this check and the amount that was there was, I didn't realize till later, was the exact amount I needed for my half payment trip to go to India. Wow. And it was due like within two or three weeks. Yeah. So she thought, you know, okay, I have a daughter who's gone a little crazy. And so I just kept telling everybody this in my family, like kind of really goofy but then finally what happened was um she got a notice that the family property sold and we need to go to kentucky and she has to get the money and so we went down and i was sitting in my aunt's van with my mom and when they gave her the check it was that exact amount and the thousands was blurred and like not blurred but the thousands made was made clear to me at that moment wow and the hundreds was the same amount and i looked down and she goes i know i know <laughs> I
0: like, confirmation I <laughs>
1: So, after that, she didn't really say anything.
0: So, what was it like for you when you visited India the first time?
1: The first time I visited India felt like, in a strange way, like I was going home. Hmm. Like, I mean, everything was new. Yeah. But I didn't feel, it didn't feel like shocking or at odds or I was just ready for it. But I do remember like we had landed in... The Mumbai airport and we, our flights got delayed, which always Mm -hmm. happens to me because you never want to fly with me. But, um, like we were in the...
0: I'm taking notes now. Not to self. Don't fly with (laughs) Emily. Yeah, there you
1: go. Don't fly or unless... I'm a handful now flying by
0: myself. How much wrong with you? We'll probably get late for our flight and then they'll probably ship us somewhere around the world because we used to have connection flight. We're
1: in South America. (laughs) 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 Yeah, but it was kind of interesting because we were just sitting, um... We had to go to a hotel for the night to catch our flight to Bangalore. But then, I just remember getting on this um, bus and looking outside, and of course you see like a lot of beggars and especially children. Yeah, so that was the first. That was pretty heartbreaking. Like especially seeing the kids trying to make sense of that whole thing. Like you know, do you believe it or do you? Yeah, what do you do with it? Hmm. Especially at an airport.
0: Plus, you were younger then, so yeah. it's probably a lot harder to process. 15 or 16. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we didn't grow up having a lot. So then I think it kind of puts your your idea of poverty like, What's a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Huh. American Mommy. poverty. All
0: right. So the first time was when you were 15 there about. And then you went to India how many more times after then?
1: I went at 15, 16, 17.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: I think 19.
0: 19? Yeah. And then?
1: I think around twenty, twenty-one. 21. Almost every Almost year. every year. Yeah. For
0: like eight years. Yeah. Wow. And then I got married
1: there, so.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. So if you just join in this conversation, <laughs> she got married and mm, I wonder what kind of man she got married to. Uh, um Indian, right? <laughs> <Perhaps. Maybe laughs> I wonder what maybe. gave it away. Yeah, so she found um her husband halfway around the world. Yeah. <laughs> but you met here in the US, right?
1: Yeah, we met here.
0: Okay. So what was it like? So was it would you say one of the things that attracted you to him was that he was Indian or before you even knew he was Indian, you already, you know, loved him. What would you say was the attractive factor for you?
1: I think the first thing was his love for Jesus. Then the second thing was his love for his country. Then the third thing, he's
0: intellectual.
1: So I like that. And then he's tall. So
0: Yeah, he's really tall. So he's like six, 6'2",
1: six? Six almost oh, yeah. Six three. yeah.
0: Almost, almost hovering around you. Yeah. yeah. He's but tall. he's kind of tall in the way that people like me of normal size and height... No, not normal size, but normal height, 5'3, by the way. Excellently still. I don't feel like I'm looking up to someone, you know, that tall. Yeah. There's a grace about the way he carries himself, which I like. So you met your husband, and how many years ago was that? Hmm. Sorry. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> I'm like. <"I've> been <laughs> it's fine. You've been married for that long. That's a, a good sign. Years. That's a good sign. You're doing well. You're doing well.
1: I knew him probably seven years before we got married.
0: Okay. So, okay. yeah.
1: All right. It's been a while.
0: Okay. <laughs> that's, that's a good response. And. Was it that kind of thing when you met yourselves for the first time? He realized that this girl probably knows a lot more about India or more about India than normal people that I met. And he was fascinated about that. Or was it like, who are you? You weird person? I
1: think he probably did think I was a little bit strange. How so? Probably because I knew way too much about India. And I was really into the culture, the food, the clothes. The clothes. <laughs> the bag, the handbags, which he later told me were... For
0: vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> so all your eight years of going to India, you didn't catch that those were for vegetables and grocery shopping. No, I just thought that he you were like a fashion wrong. statement for you. No,
1: I'm like you're just out of tune
0: with fashion.
1: <laughs> he didn't have a sister, so oh okay. You don't know. I still disagree with him on
0: that. Like, of course, you're always right. Yeah, as you know, you I are. have a
1: coffee cup that
0: says it. So <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Right and Miss Miss always is it Mr. Right and right Miss More Right or Mr. Right and it's
1: always right.
0: It's <laughs> always right. So okay. yeah. Okay. So um, one thing I know about the Jewish culture is it's not just a culture, it's also a tradition and it's a religion as well. Yeah. Now, how was it like for you, you know, blending that with marrying an Indian person and all of the similarities and also the differences that come with that?
1: I think the biggest, I mean, there's a lot of similarities first, probably because we're more family oriented. Yeah. And highly community oriented. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, driven personalities. Yeah. But I think some of the differences would be... I think women have a lot more say-so in Jewish culture. In general. We're just, Uh, yeah, kind of headstrong, maybe.
0: Yeah. So was that an adjustment you had to make? or?
1: I think you're still making that adjustment. (laughs) (laughs) Because he's also... We're both very headstrong. Yeah. So most part it goes out pretty good until it doesn't yeah it's just like
0: you need a tiebreaker is that why the kids come in
1: i think that's usually where we're just like we're not gonna talk for some time yeah
0: i don't like you right now okay (laughs) and
1: then eventually we're like okay this is a little dumb so let's move on from it yeah yeah but yeah so that's one difference i think another difference would be how i think money Uh So, though there's similarities on money. Are we going
0: to make Jewish jokes about money now?
1: Differences on how you approach money.
0: Ooh, I'm more relaxed in my chair to hear this from a Jewish person. Tuck away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just small things. Like I think in Indian culture, when you go out with family, usually you fight over the bill, stuff like that. Um, That's not how it is for us. You want to pay, you pay. Nice. I'm glad you offered.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My money for me to save (laughs) huh?
1: You didn't mean it. Why why did you say it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. And then you like, you know, it's just kind of different. Sometimes like, well, why did you, why did you offer? Yeah. So why, why didn't they offer? Yeah. Because you offered, like, if could just keep going on and on. On and right? on. It's just yeah. So I think that's one thing that kind of one heads a lot. And mm-hmm. then I'm trying to think of other stuff. Other than that, I don't, there's not. Really huge ones, except I think, of course, with my family being in the U.S., there's a lot more liberal. Yeah, and he's from you know, he's a South Indian background, so they're more conservative.
0: Yeah. So oh, they view life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very, very interesting different. stuff. So the very first few, the, the few years you have gone to India, you went there, you know, mostly for missions. Yeah. And then probably the up until the time you had to go there and you know get married and all of that. Would you say your impression about India kind of changed? Because now it wasn't for missions anymore. <laughs> I'm coming to, you know, get married. Yeah. Was it new India to you or was it just the same India but with a different purpose this time around?
1: I went to the same India and landed, like I went with the intentions of going to the India that I knew, Yeah. but I was going to a different state in uh, India. Kerala where? Yeah, yeah, in Kerala. And it's like a whole different culture. And this, I mean, it's still Indian, but it's a very precise Indian culture. I see. So you're getting... It was more narrowed. To me, India was India. Now, India is... Kerala. Kerala, Christian India. Yeah. So it's a whole different group of people.
0: Yeah. We can, language. We group. can open another conversation yeah, about there you go. Christian <laughs> Indians. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's a whole different world. And, and I think even for him, because he grew up in North India. So though um, his family is there, he had never actually been... To a Kerala Christian wedding. Yeah. So he was waiting for things to happen that he saw in North India Hindu weddings. And they're so like, the that happened here. the first
0: Kerala Indian wedding he was his own. <laughs> I
1: was glad we were both pulled cool this together. Okay. That's where his parents were good. So. Okay. We're
0: so now that, you know, even beyond that, you're an Indian citizen now. You're also an American citizen. You're also Jewish. Um, what would you say India means to you now?
1: I think India is gone. It's not the place that I want to visit. It's, there's family. Hmm. Say home. Yeah, like home, yeah, really home now. Not just going home, but like, you know, there's faces of family members and, you know, my husband's parents and his grandparents and yeah. the kids' cousins and a lot of family to visit. and yeah, It's just different now.
0: Would you say it was easy being, you know, I, I want to use the word accepted, but that sounds a little bit too um, loaded, but you know what I mean. You being an outsider, was it easy for you to integrate into that family? I know for you, you've always loved India, but was it on the oh, other side of the fence were they accepting of you i think people hmm.
1: okay so i think indian culture is everybody's very hospitable yeah so there's a feeling of acceptance but what's going on in the heart you never know
0: Until mm. certain words slip out you're like yeah. i thought it was cool
1: <laughs> but people are good to me it was just more like i always had that question because i knew indian culture i had been in India so many times when I was in college I had Indian roommates yeah. so I know that things are not always what they seem Yeah. so I always wondered behind the scenes you know what is the conversation that's stirring yeah. did I stir some conversation unknowingly or yeah. I tried not to but we'll
0: see. and am sure and that Indian roommate to be Daphne right?
1: Daphne, yeah. yeah
0: was the one that introduced us Daphne. shout out to Daphne by the way Doing Congrats. it big in India. What study is she now in India? She's in Tamil Nadu. Hi, Daphne. See, we're friends now. <laughs> Where are you? I know, I know. We, we should, you know, convince her to come to Oklahoma so we can all take a picture together.
1: That would be fun. Yeah.
0: I guess so. Okay. And um, another question I had was, so you have kids now, right? Yes. Two.
1: Two crazy kids.
0: are crazy. They just... They're fun to have. Between your son and your daughter, it's like, you can have like a whole TV series around them because they have distinct personalities. Yeah. You know? And your daughter especially really fascinates me. She's a spunky, fiery, um, she knows what she wants. I wouldn't call her bossy because if a guy did the same thing, they would just call her. Yeah. You know, that's a guy. She's very, you know, um, she, she knows charge. what she wants. Huh? Yeah, I like that. I like that. So how's it been like raising kids? What would you say has been the challenges? What would you say has been the... You know, upsides to that. I think...
1: Sort of, I think for us, some of the challenges would just be silly things. Like, when you see this person, their auntie and uncle, when you see their person, oh, I see. they're like, you don't call them auntie and uncle unless they're your actual auntie and uncle. <laughs> and they're like, why? And I'm like,
0: well, they're white.
1: Okay, so you just don't do it. <laughs> oh, just...
0: wait. So you would have the aunties and uncles for other non-white people?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. So... Because you can't just go up to some random person in the store. I'm
0: pick them up. Wait, what? I didn't know it was I your aunt. I thought like, your
1: aunt. You know, like, kind of, sk- or trying to explain to them like, okay, in our family, my first cousin is your cousin, but in Daddy's family, that's your aunt. Like, yeah, so it's that's kinda, confusing. I might yeah. need
0: a hot second to figure that out. Say that again slowly for my so, brain.
1: Like in, in you know in our family, like if I have a first cousin, yeah. That's just the kid's cousin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. in Indian culture, if my husband's first cousin, that is the kid's aunt. Because uh. it's a cousin's sister. Uh. So you should choose your auntie. You don't, yeah. That's so if, confusing. So when they call it aunt and uncle, relationships are different. Mm. Then, you know, if you have your grandmother's sister uh. or grandfather's brother, you call them like It's like the old grandpa.
0: DDD. The DD. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. That's more respectful, but. I see. I used to yeah. watch a lot of Indian movies growing up.
1: But I mean, they say it very casually sometimes, too. Yeah. But yeah, if anybody's older than you, you're going to address them that
0: way. Auntie. They're not yeah. here. Yeah. You know, one That I actually found a little bit fascinating was when my mom came over to visit me, and I brought so, my one of my very good Indian friends over, and she had addressed my mom as auntie. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. Of course, I knew it wasn't disrespectful, but I'd never seen it that way before. Yeah. Because in Nigeria I would say, um, mommy, this person, I... Mommy, for example, mommy Mo or mommy Emily, like it's saying like somebody's mom, like yeah. you know. But she said auntie, and I'm like, hmm, it yeah. felt so a little bit out of, so a little bit out of a place. Like, ah, my mom is not an auntie, but I knew, I knew for sure my friend was very oh, yeah, disrespectful. Like if
1: you don't, I mean, if you don't use these terms, auntie, uncle, yeah, right, baya, ddi, yeah, cha chin like yeah. it just means like you. Th- you're,
0: it's just very disrespectful. I see. So it's a norm. So apart from that, so that to me, that sounds like it's a learning experience. You have to keep teaching your kids yeah. about. So that's especially like
1: for us, we have a lot of friends around that are from different language groups. Yeah. So we're like, no, no they're not a Tachin or a Tichi. They're a, <laughs> they're an Ana or an Akka. You know, so it's like, yeah,
0: okay. <laughs> what do you do with that? By the time they're done, they're probably going to be very, 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 very world savvy about this kind of things. So that's one. What other things would you say has been like a. A learning curve for you guys to overcome as far as raising kids
1: i think one would be food
0: how so do you like one that likes it hot and spicy and you know likes it jewish mellow sorry <laughs> i, I it's say be jewish more mellow, like, uh,
1: mellow well okay so i realized when omar was probably my son when he was probably six or seven i didn't know that he okay so you have like school you have your thanksgiving meals yeah so he didn't know like about mashed potatoes and green bean and more simple american things and he was like eating it. And he's like, oh, this is just what is this? And yeah. I'm like okay, like we have to at least let you understand what is American food a little bit. Yeah. So you can survive school lunch. Yeah. Or friend invitations, or you know, just thinks that he didn't he didn't have any clue what it was. Okay. So it's kind of silly.
0: Okay. Yeah. Wow. So one of the things I know you guys do is you have a ministry where you reach out to international students. And or even international community. So um, even though your kids now you're based in Oklahoma City, but by virtue of the people that you welcome in, all over the world. So even though they are at a standpoint compared to when you were younger and you traveling, you know, to India, your kids are exposed to so many cultures. So by virtue of that, they're also being enriched by learning more about you know how it's, how things are being done in different culture, what other languages sound like, and all those you know cultural sensitive mm-hmm. issues. And to me, I think that's really fantastic because. They could end up in one of those countries, and Mm. by now they're already, you know, almost like you've gone light years above your other peers and learning about this kind of culture. So I thought that's a very fascinating thing. So probably that's also one of the advantages of being having such a dual, you know, I won't even call it duality to you, but having more than one cultural experience.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's good for them. They they enjoy other culture and food, and I think Alma, like, he likes to watch, um, there's one israeli tv show called street food around the world oh really so he would just travel to various countries and just tell you about all their food Kind
0: okay, of like Anthony bourdain does
1: yeah but this is more interesting
0: oh really how <laughs> so he's very lively ah uh, it's so, like animated and animated all, like, he's
1: younger he's uh, not too old and he's like he has he tells story everywhere he goes oh, but for almost like we got in this habit where we watch out with him and then we would try whatever dish fascinated him oh nice so, like he wanted to make turkish pizza and Few different Thai dishes and stuff like that so now
0: oh.
1: it's become kind of a fun thing for him like he's you know more into
0: that and yeah I loved him more when he came when you guys came over here and we had Jollof fries together and he kept asking for seconds and said I'm like let's get that boy Nigerian name or <laughs> Yoruba name whatever because he he just sucked it up you know yeah, I like that he's more very more. you have adventurous kids No,
1: there's Tirza
0: oh and there's Tirza our little um <laughs> um leader then that's the word. She has leadership potential. I'm sure that's what you see on the reports. Because nobody want to say, your kid is bossy. Yeah. or she's opinion- She has leadership potential. <laughs> the first
1: semester the teacher said she's not bossy. Next semester she said, okay, she is a little bossy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, she's I like, you it.
0: know what? I'm going to take this PC away. She, she I'm going nice. to say that a teacher. She saw it as a positive
1: thing. Now she's like, okay,
0: we've got to... I think you said it that she reminds you of your mom. Was it your grandma?
1: Oh, my mother. Your
0: mom. Oh, your gosh, mom, she's your mom. So the, almost like your mom's um, prayer is coming true.
1: Yeah, she got the girly girl. (laughs) The real girl that she yeah.
0: yeah, And so um, for people listening to this podcast that might have similar experiences to you. You know, you're Jewish and you're married into another culture and all the challenges and the stories and the beauties and all of that that comes with that, what kind of suggestions would you give them as far as, you know, even raising kids with, you know, mixed backgrounds?
1: I know this sounds silly, but I almost feel like you have to figure out you find the beauty in both cultures, yeah, and you highlight those. And then I think there's going to be a more dominant culture. Mm. You kind of have to accept it;
0: mm-hmm.
1: otherwise, you're just going to fight all the time.
0: Mm.
1: I think some of those things you have to let go
0: of. And I want to assume that even the dominance is not just one particular culture always dominating. Maybe in certain areas, you know, yeah. like. This you particular them kind them of them. food, this particular kind of drink, this particular kind of waste. So even you know, if you don't win one time, the other culture wins another yeah. time. And right. It's not about winning, really. <laughs> so um, find the beauty of the two cultures. I like them. And also be comfortable to know that sometimes one culture might dominate the other. I think a big thing is just like letting them take part
1: in like different cultural activities that are part of their background. Because I think a lot of times what happens is in mixed marriages, sometimes people feel a little insecure yeah. to go to some of that stuff I don't know or just other people that I know too that are in our same situation where yeah. the one that they're not the most comfortable with for whatever reasons or it might be harder to feel accepted yeah. there's a tendency to pull away from it or shut it all together yeah like not show up for like you know some of the festivals or yeah. whatever the things that are going on yeah. And I think those things are kind of a little important so they understand what that heritage is and where they're from yeah, because I think a lot of times, in, especially in parents' minds, you're trying to push something on them. They don't have any clue what it is, mm-hmm. but you're not letting them experience it either. Yeah. So, especially in the U.S.,
0: it's not very fair. Oh, well, thanks. I don't know. So you've been Jewish, but you don't really practice Judaism anymore. Do you still observe some of the holidays? Yeah. Oh,
1: I do. Like for Passover this year, um, I always, I, for me, I always try to make it where it's like the Lord's Supper. Yeah. Passover. So, like I, twist on your yeah, so kind of like you start with, um, you know, out of Egypt yeah. and then kind of turn it slowly into Jesus being the Lamb of God, it takes yeah. away the sins of the world and teaching them the symbolism in the meal and yeah. then uh, having a real Lord's Supper together, yeah. not a ritual communion. Because yeah. communion is supposed to be the food at your table. Yeah. It's a family affair. So just making that more real for them. Because I want them to experience... I think it's beautiful. I don't know. For me, there's so much meaning behind the whole thing. So I feel like you kind of reduce the Lord's Supper in Christianity. Yeah. Not to be mean, but... That's okay. <laughs> it's a little bit... I don't take offense. Yeah. I can't speak for all Christians. It's, just, it's more than just eating a bread and drinking something.
0: The meaning behind it. Yeah. yeah. I think we can all agree to that. So It's like Easter. It's more than just Easter eggs yeah. and you know Easter eggs.
1: But for me, it's just like it's family. It's that... Celebration where God is, you know, like, you know, He's at the table with you. Come eat with me, as He says in
0: Revelations, you know, dine with me. Good. Yeah, that part of it. All right, so now I think it's time for us to go to the Mardi Gras section. You ready, Emily? You get to make the rules. What are they? Okay, the first
1: rule would be you have to try something new. Ooh. Second rule is you're not allowed to repeat it. That's
0: hard. What if I liked it? <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem with repetition. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> so what new thing have you tried to do recently? Recently, okay. Huh. I'm trying to think.
1: My mind just went blank. I just it's did okay.
0: something the other day
1: oh here we go there you go the whole 30
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> alright um, for those listening <laughs> the whole 30 is uh, a great program where you observe some very ascetic way of eating for 30 days yes you avoid certain food like rice rice and, and look at Emily lentils. right in front of me okay she's of a pale skin complexion dairy but she's really looking like she needs like a spoon of rice right now <laughs> And usually it's for um, resetting your, um, your appetite and your taste buds. And yeah. Also helps with, you know... Um, nutrition. Nutrition and weight loss and all of that. But so much more eating whole food. I think that's a concept. Yeah. So no processed food, nothing that comes in a jar, in a box. Nothing artificial. It's almost like paleo diet, right? It's like paleo on steroids. On <laughs> steroids. Let me know how it goes. So you're in your foot there, right? <laughs> yeah. This like <laughs> a newly converted vampire. This is like the most vulnerable point of it. Yeah, I think I should set the. It's like to the point where you just making, decide that you know. I should set the pot on the stove and start making some rice. <laughs> <laughs> but you have allergies, so eh. yeah, I'll be like, "Hey, eh, I don't smell that, anyways."
1: No, but that. seriously, it's like every meal. You're just like, well, that wasn't
0: satisfying. It's a lot of cooking too. It's a lot of cooking, and it costs a lot. I want to say it's a bit more expensive because. Yep. It's until you start doing it. I actually, try it for a week. It's until you start doing it, and you realize that okay. There's much to this than I thought. Because everything, almost everything you use to cook sometimes comes out of a bottle or, or, or a can or a jar. And the rule is that once you break it, you have to start from the beginning. Yeah. <coughs> so that's why it's on steroids. It's just too much. But. Do, do you think it's something you want to sustain like, for
1: a long time? Yeah. I think so far, I mean, I think you realize pretty fast what real taste is once you get rid of yeah. the sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Then you realize, oh. I wasn't tasting it. I was just tasting sugar.
0: I wish I hadn't given up because your energy level was going to go off the roof and then you become more centered. I hope so. Yeah. So seriously, just do, for people like me that give up on Whole30, you're like our hope, you know? No, see, (laughs) that's where, you know, (laughs) Your husband is pulling you along. Oh really? See, I'm by myself now, so <laughs> it's it's hard to do by yourself. If I had somebody cooking for me, yeah. Or did meals, cooking part is it's the hard part because yeah. I get home, I'm like tired and all the extracurricular activities that I'm involved in. Like Mondays, I have those masters. Tuesdays, I volunteer in the college. Wednesdays, I have Korean class. Thursdays, I'm doing my podcast. Fridays, I hang out with my friends. And then even get me started on the weekends. <laughs> You're like, what is that? That's when I exactly. That's when I catch up on all my Korean dramas and things like that. So ain't nobody got time for that. But I really do wish you the best. I need a chef. <laughs> I had a lot of money to do that. Huh. All right. Well, thanks for asking your questions. Um, this is almost the end of the podcast. And Are there any final thoughts you want to share? Oh, I do have a question for you before you go. Looking back, because you've been on a journey, Emily. I see your life as, you know, everyone has a journey. But yours was one that started when you were young. And, you know, at that age and in that mm-hmm. time, without the internet. They, you mean... <laughs> yeah. You, your journey started way before you even grew into what your purpose was for it. You were on a hunch that blew into something, and it's, your, it's who you are right now. It's like you know, meeting your husband and your love for India, yeah. and even that one that preced, preceded it. So if you could go back and change one thing differently, or do something differently, what would it be? Huh. Take your time and think about it. I'm like in deep thought, no, I can mm-hmm. change
1: anything. I think the biggest thing I would change is I would be more confident. Mm. how so like I feel like I always second guessed myself a lot or mm. more worried about what other people would think or how they would accept things or I see but I've never been the person who really s- blended in, anyways Yeah. so I think I would go back and tell myself hey it doesn't matter you know those things at the end of the day you can't change other people's perspectives whether or not they accept you or they're okay with whatever they're not yeah. going to but it shouldn't become a part that, you know, tears away who you are mm. in the process. Mm. They don't deserve that piece of you, you know. Mm. So, yeah. I think I gave a lot of myself into some of those situations mm. where people, you know, letting their words mean too much, maybe. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. On a very lower scale on that one, would be for me, when I started learning Korean, it didn't really make sense to me. Because I'm like... I didn't want to sound like a fake person, you yeah. know? Like, how do I explain to people that I, I really love this culture? And it wasn't just because I watched, you know, the dramas and all that. I have a huge interest in this culture. My mm-hmm. attention span sometimes, you know, it's, it's like that, like of a net. And I, sometimes I give up easily about things that don't make sense to me or I'm not familiar with. But I do like trying new stuff, but not for too long. Yeah. But I've been on this course for almost three years. I started learning the language last year. But I think what really helped me feel more confident in myself was <laughs> how my Korean family, how much they've adopted, you know, Mm. this part of me. They've nurtured it. Because if I had them turn me away, I don't think I would still be on this path right now. Yeah. So maybe for you, would it be safe to say what gave you that confidence was the Indian community around you, just seeing that love and heart you had for India, really made it worth, you know, the journey for you.
1: Yeah, and I think also just them becoming family or, you know, I think... Most of my closest friends are Indian. So it just yeah. kind of makes it, it's not about that anymore. It just feels, it's just, it's home. It's what it is. It's home. You kind of want separate it's Almost that to the point when people see you and they're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not Indian. Oh, well, they have to find out that I am. Like,
0: <laughs> oh, I see. Because you just go by, you know, Yeah. physically looking it's at you. Like, you kind of have to keep oh, going through the, the day the now. Usual, like, proving yourself. This yeah. Day now. Yeah. I do that sneak attack on people when I go to a place and they're Korean speaking and I let them talk and I start talking and they're like, oh! <laughs> oh oh chacha chacha! oh yeah because I and don't expect that from, yeah you know, I think like of it. course
1: you know having my husband there also helps but I know there's always the usual questions so yeah those yeah. are always going to be there yeah but sometimes I'm like I just want to say it all like yes 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 okay yeah. you know so do you Let's speak Hindi? All uh, what, do you speak the language as well? I understand Hindi yeah I can speak some of it the confidence thing is not there and I understand a lot of Tamil Oh, okay, so I spend a lot of time in Tamil Nadu. Yeah. Are you teaching your kids this as well? Are they learning? Well, other? my husband speaks Hindi and Malayalam,
0: so oh, Malayalam—that's a really hard one. I it's own. a hard one. Yeah. It's
1: close to Tamil. There's a lot of similarities, uh, but there's a, the tongue goes in a lot more directions. I have like, yeah, what it sounds like. But they—they don't—they're not very fluent. Yeah. But they know like you know, random words from different Indian languages. Yeah. So we have to sort that out. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, this is the very end of me. Are there any final thoughts you have? No. (laughs) And how's it been like for you?
1: The interview? Yeah. It's good. I'm just pretending that the microphone's not there. It's not there? Nope. Not there. It's just. uh it's and good as i look at it and then i like yeah
0: it's not there just imagine if this was on video mm-hmm. oh my goodness i'm not very good on video i've seen those big points i have <laughs> people would be like what is that expression yeah what does it mean thank you for bringing oh by the way your kids are here yes we had to like find them um, ways to spoil <laughs> them the, the the older one was a little bit more cooperative. i mean he's older he's missing in action yeah you know give him he bounced around the ball for a while <laughs> at the basketball court and then he came back home and now he's on his iPhone. Yeah. The little one wants mommy's attention. So every 10, 20 <laughs> minutes or so we kept pausing and attending to the queen in charge. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast and coming all the way and, you know, and sharing your story. Sure. It's, it's one that I'm sure some of my audience will be able to resonate with. Especially when you talk about loving a country and then knowing why you love the country, and they find out there's a whole purpose behind it that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. You know, the love you've had for it since you were 15, and every year you kept going for almost eight years. You convinced your mom, you know, that yeah, the first that time, is- and then the second time, the third time. And now it's blossomed into something bigger where it's your family now. Yeah. You know, by virtue of you being married to your husband and then raising kids, you know, that are Jewish-American Indian. Indian and every other world culture, they're explosive. <laughs> I want to say culturally rich. I think mm-hmm. That's the word, but eventually, of how you guys open your doors and you have people coming, like at Thanksgiving, yeah, was, that was fun. Oh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and my Korean students really had a lot of fun, you know, being there. That was fun. And I've never had Korea, I've never had Thanksgiving where we had turkey and you know, and the mashed potatoes and cranberry, and there was Indian food, there was Indian curry, there was chapati. and yeah. there was you know, mango lassi. It was like, ooh. it's like international, it was international, and after international. that, it's like. Yeah. oh yeah for days for days <laughs> we kind of walked it off after we did that shopping at the mall so it was kind of yeah. Black like friday is good for that yes. thank you so much for being on the podcast thanks for having me all right well thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the more Simple podcast today i interviewed my friend emily who lives here in oklahoma city a spunky jewish american indian i don't know if i said that in the right order but uh we talked about her story today and now they're raising two beautiful kids and they're raising us <laughs> <laughs> and um just two things that I picked from I, I like to love from you Emily, but two things that I want to just say again for those that I have jumped in at the end of the podcast is if you do find yourself in this you know um, beautiful um, life where you are married to someone whose culture is different from yours, find your beauty and highlight them and don't don't feel ashamed about you know having that duality or whatever your situation is just find the beauty and I'll highlight them and also be, be comfortable in the fact that sometimes one culture might dominate the other yeah. but it's okay, it's, it's just your circumstances and be confident of who you are because chances are you speak one, more than one language than the average person does it's all about being confident in that skin. All right, that was the show. Don't forget to leave comments and I would like to hear from as many of you as possible. Um, the website is www.mosibyl.com. You can also find the podcast on iTunes as the More civil Podcast. Talk to you soon. More Sibyl.